0: Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. I'm Dylan, with me as always is John. John, how are you? I'm doing well. That's me. John is doing well. Fantastic. <laughs> we uh, we talk about guitar-related stuff, how to get better at guitar. John is a very experienced guitar uh, teacher in Colorado, and I am... I'm a very, (laughs) not that in Galway, Ireland. Uh, I am a student of the guitar, singer-songwriter. We both liked, we basically started this podcast because we were talking about guitar a lot in our, MA course in musicology which we'll never speak of again and we're like we should start recording <laughs> except this. for every
1: time we start talking about it but yes
0: yes it's like our, our yeah. own personal Vietnam um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah we talk about guitar and, and, and guitar related stuff and we usually start each episode with uh, one of us picks uh, a lick or a riff or a solo that they've been thinking about and the other person has to guess what it is and then we unpack it a little bit so it is my turn and I have picked uh, a, a band uh, with a guitar player that I don't think we've ever spoken about, which is bizarre. Dozens and yep. dozens of episodes into our podcasting career. Uh, this this guy has kind of flew, flown under the radar. So yeah, John, whenever you're ready, dying okay. to know. I'm really <laughs> nervous about Can this. Can you guess oh what gosh. this is. Uh, is? real.
1: Yeah. Wow, Uh, geez, it has a very like Jay Masquez, uh, yeah, the fuzz. I can, I can, yeah, fuzzy vibe. So, like, give me a hint. Is it from that time period? Kind of early nineties.
0: It's it's a bit later. It's about you're about you're about six or seven years off.
1: Oh man, geez, you know I. I wouldn't be able to place it, man. I'll be honest.
0: Yeah. Okay. No, that's this all right. Is, it's because this, this is, is a band that I. This is terrible. No, no. 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 I. 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 Dylan wins again. I've. I. I so this is by. Uh, this is by a band. I don't know if you're familiar. Called Muse. I don't know how big oh, they were. Of course. Oh Were they my big in the states? Yeah.
1: Um, yes, but sort of after they really got big in Europe, like yeah, they kind of came to prominence in the U S sort of almost like late mid to late two thousands, like 2007 and on. So, Mm -hmm. which was kind of weird. And, and you can hear that in their catalog too. Like they really, their sound changes a lot once they kind of, they get big in the States. Um, so this is this is earlier Muse for sure. And that's uh, I think it I think it there's something about it that I, I gravitate more towards the earlier stuff than the later
0: stuff. So, yes, absolutely. Um. So, yeah, this is. We haven't mentioned the name of the song. This is "Plug In Baby" off their second album, "Origin of Symmetry," which came out in two thousand and one. I was a few years off there, and yep. yeah, this song I remember this because this was on like MTV Two and Kerrang! like heavy rotation. Yeah, and yeah, I remember I remember when this album came out because they did a cover of Nina Simone's "Feeling Good," and. I remember that coming on the radio, like this alternative station or this alternative show and in in a car with my dad and my dad was like, is this is this Radiohead because of the falsetto and right. the really that real heaviness of it. And yeah, I mean, really interesting band. If you track their trajectory, the first real band I ever played in was essentially a Muse cover band in terms of there's two guitarists. So we kind of like start figuring out that stuff. It was just after the album Absolution came out. And right. yeah, which was the the one that really took off that that got heavy, heavy radio play over here. Time is running out and hysteria and Stockholm Syndrome and these great songs. But yeah, really, I mean, and then it was the album after that. Uh one second, I'm just gonna check people are Black
1: Holes speaking. and Revelations. Revelations, yeah. That was yeah, a the, massive tour. I mean, that had Starlight on it, and yeah, uh which was like things like that. And formats. that was really the album that kind of super massive black hole which, um mm-hmm. uh, and Knights of Cydonia and all that stuff, I think was, uh, was on that same album. And those, yeah. those were really the tracks, supermassive black hole the starlight, Cube. Knights of Cydonia, that kind of pushed them into the United States, um, in that time period. But I remember being in college in Nashville and I got turned on to them. We had a French foreign exchange student who was way into them yes. and this was 2001 mm-hmm. 2002. So it yeah. was really that, origin of symmetry album um that turned me on to them and then it was yeah the absolution and honestly i kind of fell off after super massive black hole came Same. out because yeah. it was kind of like eh. It's just... <laughs> yeah, I... and, th- and this is what i mean like you could hear the influence of kind of the united states record production stuff and it just sort yeah. of like i feel like it kind of crushed their sound a little bit you know
0: yeah, it was like they kind of got a taste of stadium rock, and yeah. they kind of latched onto it. And it, 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 it did nothing for me. That that like when I heard started hearing Starlight on like phone advertisements, and right. it was everywhere, everywhere over here. But like I, I think the big thing for a lot of people was they were the band to see for like three or four summers in a row, and I never yeah. got the chance because it was everybody's fervent enthusiasm kind of threw me off kind of threw me off like it was just like i i I don't know if i can get on board with this and apparently the stage shows were incredible but yeah they started to become more and more like queen almost they started like putting out these really grand operatic yeah they did a song for the i think it was the 2012 olympics in Mm -hmm. great britain uh, which was just the most ridiculous thing i'd ever heard it was like um, uh, ten pounds of Freddie Mercury in a five-pound bag—like it was just way too much. But we're kind of missing the point here because Matt Bellamy is an incredible guitar player, like a real uh, for like for you know people my age. He was a big reason for people picking it up because he he was classically trained in piano, and that wow. comes through especially in this song because like people have memed this like there are youtube videos of it's plug-in baby but matt bellamy keeps on going up the harmonic minor scale yes i've seen that one yeah (laughs) yeah it's good (laughs) fun But like this dude was, there's a real Tom Morello influence in the effects and there's, you know, he had that Manson guitar with the chaos pad built into it yeah. and, you know, was able to make these incredible sounds and kind of use them to his advantage. And then it kind of, it's like the effects and the production kind of took over it was like this this beautiful monster that kind of ate its creator in terms of like, it just kind of completely changed the sound to something that was just way, it was just really, it was like unlistenable, but also trying to be very radio friendly.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like, um, I mean, so The Resistance, that album, the song <laughs> Resistance, the video was them performing uh-huh. live. And it's this yeah, like yeah. huge, ridiculous U2 style set. Yeah, and you know, I think the analogy to it's it's sort of like if you took Queen's music and put it on YouTube's YouTube's stage setup, and that's yeah, that's kind of what you end up with. But I do think Matt Bellamy like has progressed as a guitar player, and I think when you look at the way he plays and and the way who's the
0: other guitar player in the band? It's just one guitar player, just him.
1: Okay. So yeah, but beats. when you I, I think they tour with an extra one, but I'm not sure about they that. They would do so. Yes, yes. Um, but when you look at the at the way he writes his parts, he definitely thinks about how to how to spread the voicings out a little bit. So it's not just like bulk power chords. And actually, no. as much as I hate to say it, uh resistance is a good song to look at when you see that. Like you can see how he kind of pulls these, these different guitar parts, um, together rather brings them together instead of pulls them apart. Right. But, and it's not just these like really simple power chords. He comes up with some cool lines and you can see sort of that inspiration. There's a little bit of that kind of, uh, early Foo Fighters inspiration that crosses over. Um, I think the, and when you compare like this song here with some of the later stuff, you see that he's really progressed as a guitar player his techniques better his sound is um a lot tighter like he's really honed his tone and he's honed his abilities as a player so he credit where credit is due like i definitely think he's progressed as a player but oh, yeah. i still am going to gravitate towards that kind of like quasi grungy sound from yes, the early same. 2000s the raw as opposed stuff, yeah. to the later stuff yeah
0: absolutely so. i i there's the song resistance like it is I, I, it was a song I'm like I'm checked out I can't listen to these guys anymore
1: I mean it's it it really sounds like bad YouTube like let's be honest oh yeah
0: yeah there's a line (laughs) there's a line in it that is and I brought it up because I wanted to get it right rise up and take the power back (laughs) Rage Against the Machine Uh, it's time the fat cats had a heart attack and I'm just like oh lads that was your that was your final draft that's that's
1: so cringe like but yeah
0: i i I, I understand your sentiment
1: but it's also hard it's hard to take that sentiment seriously from a multi-million dollar rock star (laughs)
0: like
1: you know who's (laughs) like standing on this giant youtube monstrosity stage like yes, eh, and love love is the power of everything i guess is the theme or something i don't know (laughs) anyway so yeah, kind of a mixed bag, I think, with with Muse and Matt Bellamy. Like uh you're yeah. you're absolutely right. Influential guitar player, huge.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, I I really had mixed feelings about Muse.
0: So mm-hmm. my favorite Muse moment, and I highly recommend people if you haven't seen it to check it out. They were cause they're massive in Europe, like really, really big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do these massive stadium tours. They did a live in Rome album, which I, you know, I, I checked out the videos. And you know, it's it's so cinematic in its scope but they were on just after the resistance came out they were on an italian uh, late night talk show and they were asked to lip sync so they all swapped instruments and pretended to be playing oh, the other person's right. role yeah. and it's so funny like it's so tongue in cheek <laughs> um yeah i highly recommend checking that out um uh, not the album don't listen to the album so yeah we're we're, (laughs) (laughs) so we're um we're we're kind of back doing these longer episodes with kind of where we took a break to kind of re-establish what we wanted to do one of the things we really thought you know that deserved more attention was the idea of the guitar within genres and yeah so we were talking about like what's kind of popular because john is a guitar teacher in colorado Runs a guitar, well, a music school essentially, and we were, I was asking him what what are students wanting to learn, and you were saying that we, we that kind of led to the the idea of this this chill hop, this lo-fi beats music, and which is you know you know <laughs> we're a couple of years late in terms of because this is something that's been over the last couple of years has really been percolating, especially on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it's the the one thing is that you know everybody listens to it. Like if you go through, like I remember walking through a library and just seeing so many people with that girl studying with her cat in the background video, (laughs) you know, uh, on their laptop, because it's just, it's such an accessible music in that it's just, it's, there's not a lot of, it's very unobtrusive. It's very, you know, you can kind of drift off and enjoy what's going on, but it's also really guitar heavy as a genre there because, because, let's let's just get cut to the chase it's jazz it's 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 jazz over hip-hop beats and yeah i mean we music is win did um did a really good video and a while ago now about how 2019 2019 geez we are late to the party (laughs) (laughs) but it's okay we're we're it's because it's still popular now like a load of my colleagues listen to it i listen to it at work every day like i'm a content writer so i kind of need to just zone out and it's just perfect for that. But at the same time, it's one of those genres that I listen to, or uh, what, you know, these playlists that I listen to. I, I I'm like, I really want to start learning this stuff on guitar, but it's not so easy. So I suppose, John, talking when you as a you know, uh, you've been to to school to study music. When you listen to this genre, are there any like real, I don't know, features that really stand out to you?
1: Um. Yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting question. It's. The thing is, when you're listening to the chill hop or, or lo-fi uh, chill hop, whatever, however you mm-hmm. want to think of it, the, the crazy thing is it's sort of a mashup of a, a bunch of different styles. Yeah. Uh, in the Music is Wind video, he talks a little bit about this uh, kind of bringing in sort of these dub sounding drum beats and loops and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. I sent you a video of some guys in France. Uh, one of them, it was they were performing essentially this genre of music live, but it was a guitar player and a bass player. Um, yes. And but they're they're playing these. Jazzier chords, for lack of a better term, a lot of major sevenths, ninths, um, adding yes. some some major sixes and their thirteens and all that fun stuff. Yes, six and 13 is the same. So but um, It's, I think it's just, it's really interesting. I remember in the early 2000s, there was a guy here in town who would do, he would score movies. So uh, there was, there was a cafe who would project movies up on the wall out front. And then he was a DJ and he would score these movies with whatever he had. So you'd be watching Star Wars with some sort of. You know deep house vibe and <laughs> <laughs> but he was uh he had a bunch of this stuff from like san francisco and from south of france i don't know why this seems to be a thing in the south of france it just is but it it had a lot of these jazz guitar loops in it and yes. so i remember initially being attracted to this just because it had these cool guitar parts and i, I don't know that this is but i I do feel like this is kind of an outgrowth of that and has moved from the loops now into live performance. Yes. And it's fascinating to see that you've got the use of these chords, the, the chord progressions, while they are um they incorporate these extended voicings and these 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 other tones that kind of add tension and color, they're not necessarily overly complicated yes. you're you're they're not kind of running down a giant step style tune you're not mm-hmm. dealing with tons of substitutions it's relatively straightforward kind of an a and B section a lot of similar like two five ones mm-hmm. you know six two five one something like that it's yeah so the progressions themselves are not overly complicated despite the fact that you have some really neat color tones. So that's that's kind of Very what nice. I'm taking away from this right now. But it's easy to listen to um, and it's easy to just kind of get lost in it. And they're great guitar vibes. There's there really is some great playing in there. Yes. Um, But that's that's kind of where where I've landed with it. Like, it's fun to listen to. I've had several students come in asking about it. And the tricky thing is, if you really dig the genre, it's hard to just sort of like leap in. And think like, hey, I want to write this stuff because Mm -hmm. they're like jazz. There is actually a fair bit of theory that goes into that goes into this. It's uh, it's more complicated than coming in and writing Ed Sheeran style songs um, because there's just there's a lot more going on. So, yeah. But uh, your thoughts as well. I mean, you've you've studied jazz, you've done the things in college and you're what what are you seeing with this? Like, how is this how is this affecting the current cultural zeitgeist of guitar?
0: Yeah, I I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's it's kind of overlapping with a lot of other things, like uh, one of the big comments that you know, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole before we started recording. Was somebody on the music as when commented on the video commented that uh there's a lot of like polyphia here as well? And I'm I'm wondering if that meant like in tone or something. I don't really listen to polyphia. We've kind mm-hmm. of briefly touched on them before. Go on.
1: Yeah, I think uh I think it's actually that's an interesting comment. And I know what they're they're getting at, particularly when you're looking at modern polyphia, that is like everything kind of post goat. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think that's probably not entirely an accurate assessment. I think Polyphia is coming from a different place. Again, this is 2019. GOAT came out last year, I think, in 2020. Last so, year. you know, when you have music is when talking about guys like Mateus Asato and Holstein and Ichika, the uh, Ichika is kind of coming more out of this math rock sort yes. of genre. And Mateus is much more sort of this quasi jazz blues. You can sense an inspiration from guys like Gilad Hexelman and Julian as whereas yes. uh, Ichika is much more kind of like coming out of that American Football, Yvette Young, Covet, like all of that sort of math rock Chon type stuff and putting yeah. his own kind of chill vibe on it. You know, Chon tends to be upbeat, sunshine, California type stuff. Yeah, big but, drums. Uh, yeah. So I, I think it's not so much, if anything, I think Polyphia is drawing from some of this math rock stuff Interesting. Um, as much as maybe they do. Uh, you know, Tim Henson always talks about listening to hip hop and that sort of thing, and really drawing his inspiration from that stuff. But I think, in terms of technical stuff on guitar, I I think there's a crossover between math rock and polyphia. But I think this sort of precedes that the the idea of polyphia. The the okay, when you're yeah. looking at the jazz phrasing and stuff, this is stuff that dates back to you know, the sixties with guys like Bernie sure. Kessel and Jim Hall and stuff like that. So, okay. Anyway, sorry. That's a great rabbit hole with Polyphia. And I just, yeah, I think it's easy to see Polyphia in a lot of the fancy stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But I think
1: it, it, timeline's important here to, to sort of draw the line in terms of influence and, and how that, yeah, it overlaps, but I don't think, I, I wouldn't put Polyphia in this vibe.
0: Interesting. No, because th- th- thank you for sharing that input. Because I would have known wouldn't have known where to go down with that suggestion because it's not that sort of like it's weird because we're we're getting here to this whole idea of overlap in terms of like everything is being influenced by everything else Mm -hmm. and i I think like just with the idea of even listening to music i mean i wouldn't listen to chill hop beats or playlists on uh, spotify because i wouldn't really know where to look but on youtube there are all these different playlists, you know, and channels. Yeah, 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 the chill yeah, hot yeah. channel.
1: I mean, which which was huge. Like that's kind of the thing that broke this. Was yeah. you just all of a sudden this channel had two million followers or whatever it was, and uh and it just sort of exploded from there. So
0: yeah. And like that's how I listen to it. I I like I, I go down and I, I see what's popular or what's got a lot of views. And I just pick a random one and then I like pin it to my my Chrome browser and I just listen. And if it's like too much, some cause sometimes it is a bit too much in terms of the production, I'll just find something else. But there's just so much out there. And it really has opened my eyes to the idea of like this is its own subculture. If you go down, if you even read the comments, like it's all positive vibes and you know, it's all a really like welcoming place and just like hope oh, you yeah. have a great day. I don't know. That's that's cool, but it's just like it's such a I think it's a really It's a very this moment in time genre of music. I know it's a couple of years old, but over the last year, so many people have wanted to kind of drift away and look for very calming, relaxed music to kind of distract them a little bit. And it's very like a lot of the the videos are just people like staring out the window or people in a very like, you know, in their house or, you know, Uh, like there's rain coming down like a lot of these videos you'll have like the sound of rain in the background to add this extra layer of ambience to it and it's it's, it's right now like it's right now as a genre it's like very much trying to stay present and you know not focus on the outside and like I, I just think that's really interesting when you contrast it with say like a different genre like say I don't know, like back in the day, you know, when the new metal thing started, you had Bush as president, you had all these like, you know, people like who are angry and wanted to kind of like or even grunge, you know, where you have like people are rebelling against the capitalism of the time or like the Reagan era and it's what people are attaching themselves to they found the genre that really resonates and now you have this genre because because essentially it is a genre it has many different names chill hop neo soul whatever Mm -hmm. but people are really kind of attaching themselves to it and it's also coincided with this whole instagram guitar culture like where ichika Mateus have a massive following um which is like people are making these 15 20 second 15 you know uh, clips of them playing but there are so many of these little jazz soul runs i think that's what i hear whenever i listen to this music is there are these really really nice little kind of chromatic I-, I wouldn't have the the vernacular to be able to describe them properly but really really nice runs over these very uh restrained and colorful chord progressions and yeah, I suppose I'm kind of like, this is all a massive tangent, but it is just really interesting in terms of the way that this is a type of music that people are exploring in a way that isn't buying a CD, you know, 15 years ago, or isn't, it's like, it's very of its time right now.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting that it seems like it's uh, from a guitar perspective, and this is just my outside observation. I haven't done enough, uh, of a deep dive to see really where it's coming from. But it just seems like from a guitar perspective, noticing that these guys are, that they're really gaining their following primarily, like you said, on Instagram. And then it crosses hmm. over into some of these other things. Some of the other, like Justice Durr, who we've got a Spotify playlist, be sure to check that out. Um, we'll link that in the description and everywhere else. So, but it's a, it's a cool, cool thing to kind of go down this road and you start to see some of these other musicians who are putting their stuff out on Instagram first and it's only 15 30 seconds at the most because yeah they don't let you do much more than that and and then from that now their Spotify uh, tracks are getting some traction and it's not usually I, I don't see a lot of it released in full album form and am, no. am I wrong
0: about that no you you're very right about that and there's we're going to be talking a little bit later about like guitar stuff that we're enjoying at the moment and one guitarist who I'm very much enjoying is this guy Ruben Juan he's this Los Angeles Angeles based guitar player very you know melodic very jazzy very um very accessible easy to listen to but he's one of these guys that has made a name for himself on TikTok on Instagram and he's built a following there through the kind of tidbits of guitar playing playing that he's you know, been exhibiting and he's just released his first ep and it's it's going down really well because he has built that following because yeah. he's basically set this precedent of like this is what you can expect from me and he's also tying into the uh rapidly diminishing attention spans of you know the general population and he's kind of turning that into you know he's converting that into uh longer songs that people clearly listening to you. The dude's got 225,000 followers on Instagram.
1: So again, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but you mentioned the diminishing attention spans, but what's interesting mm. about this genre is it's not like it's limited to two and a half minutes. It no. can go on much longer. And like that live performance of, uh, the bass player's name is sad. And the, uh, the guitarist calls himself L'en-de-sea, and and, oh, wow. uh, Forgive my fr- French pronunciation. But the, uh, <laughs> um, you know, in that live performance, like they only play three or four songs, but they're a good five minutes each or something like that. So you have these longer forms that seem, and maybe it's because it's sort of that chill vibe. Like there's a lot more to play around with. There's solos over, you know, the A and the B section, things like this. So it seems like, it's almost counterintuitive that we're, we're streaming this information, but we're also looking at these longer forms and maybe because it serves as almost more like chill out background music or music you can listen to while you're studying.
0: It almost doesn't matter if it's a 12 minute song. No, it doesn't. Cause it's, it's not to be, it's kind of like it's not to be listened to like regular music is to be listened to it's background music, but you know, I, I wouldn't, like, I would not listen to this on a walk. I wouldn't yeah. listen to this, like, or or a run, or I, w- I would throw this on if I was having dinner with my girlfriend, or if I was studying, or if I was, it is very much there. But every now and then I'll be sucked into it and be like, oh, mm-hmm. that run was tasty, or, and yeah. I'd like to talk about Justice Durr a little bit, just because he is one of the, these guys that really jumped out to me at the start. So I, 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 he appears in a few of these uh, chill hop playlists and I was like, what, I, this is a Kendrick song and this is a Frank Ocean song. And what he's able to do is he's able to take these popular, you know, hip hop songs, essentially uh, Frank Ocean, more of a soul singer, but he's able to do what I really like is he's able to articulate these really Sometimes really complex uh, melodic voicings and translate them, th- them to the guitar with this really nice clean Fender sound and it's so listenable it's so uh, atmospheric. And yeah, I mean, I, whatever he puts something out, I'm the first to listen to it because primarily because I already know the songs that he's playing, but he's completely reframed them within a guitar context. And because his looping is unreal, because a lot of these songs are just like just looping the same chords over and over again and improvising on top of them. You know, I don't know how much thought has gone into the actual End product, but it's, it's very much just like soloing over chords, you know, because you're not, you, you are making the vocal melody with your guitar. You are, it's, it's, that's what it is. And you've got the hip hop influence beats underneath it, uh, which kind of add this extra texture to it. So, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's really interesting. I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. You know, we were talking before. Uh, before we recorded like are people going to be listening to this in five years or Mm. is it going to change is it going to evolve jazz is cool again to an extent like you know it hasn't been cool in decades but it's something that people are whether they know it or not uh, absorbing on a daily basis
1: yeah um i don't know man i mean that's an interesting (laughs) question i think when you consider the trajectory of it um I like to think it's going to keep going in this way and I think it's going to evolve. And I think you might see mm. more, um, more bands kind of picking this up, but it's, part of it is like you said, I think the way we live our life, it's going to, it's not necessarily going to be something you go to see very often. No. no, um, no. Would I go absolutely to a, to a show like that? If I knew any of these guys that we've talked about were playing I would absolutely love that, yes. um, and I think there's something that could be really cool about this revival of a let's call it "quote unquote" a jazz club. But we're not going to just see people play um, standards. It's it's going to be something different, and yeah, I think exactly. that's that's part of really where jazz should be going. This to me is kind of an evolution of jazz. You know, we've we're looking at guys like who are more traditional, like Julian Lage and Gilad Hexelman, but those guys those guys are taking it the next step when you go to school and you study jazz you rarely study anything past like pat metheny's bright sized life which is yeah. you know there's a cutoff. yeah and and that was what mid 70s or something like that i'm gonna have to look that up <laughs> you tell because, me, <laughs> because like if if i get that wrong like how bad is that yeah it's 76 you know so um it's rare that you see anything post that because it's kind of i i I don't know like it just it stops evolving it stops developing and and we have this we're sort of stuck in this cool phase uh cool jazz phase you know miles davis and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um and then you always get the weird kid who's into bop and they're weird (laughs) (laughs) because because it's bop that guy but but this is this is i think the next evolution of it and there's an opportunity if if people sort of jump on it, if the musicians jump on it and venues jump on it, there's a really cool opportunity to build community around this. Because like you said, the community exists online. I think if we can bring it into the real world, I think there's a neat opportunity to go to a place, have a couple of drinks, hang out, listen to some awesome music, and it's just chill. You can talk, yeah. but you're not you, you don't feel like you have to shout like you're in a dance club. Um, and it's not, you know, some idiot yelling free bird in the back, those sorts of things. So you get, yeah. I, I think this has an opportunity to do something really neat culturally. If the world unlocks and we're able to to go out and see live music, I would love to see these kind of shows in a chill venue where yes. you can maybe have some cool appetizers and have some, <laughs> you know, have a nice little martini. Shaking, yeah, absurd. man. So
0: <laughs> that's it. Lo-fi beats and some mozzarella sticks. That's mm. all I want. Right I'd be now. all about it, man. Yeah, I, so, I think anyway. as well. Yeah, I think it's very much a counter argument to this uh point that is constantly made by um. Uh, Beer gut dads who say that guitar music is dead because it's not. It's just yeah. it's not where you're looking. Oh gosh! And Didn't we
1: just see another article about that? Ah, uh, yeah. There's there's one, one a week. It's clickbait. Maddie posted one, Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. You know the guitar is dead again. It, as
0: long as we've been doing this podcast, we've been talking about the guitar is not dead. So. Yeah, you're just looking in the wrong places. Cool. I I, I think yeah. I think it's a really positive uh, presence within. You know, within modern music, I I think it's it's you know I I really uh I really appreciate it as part of my daily life, you know, being able to tune in and yeah I think I think it's uh you know, two enthusiastic thumbs up from me. Um, Yeah, I think it's
1: I think it's great. It's it's expanding the vocabulary of guitar students and guitar players everywhere, and I I really hope, like I said, I hope it does more and I hope it continues. So the uh definitely check out our spotify playlist and all the other fun social media stuff if you have suggestions people we haven't mentioned please drop those in the comments we'd love to know uh send us an email however you want to do that that would be great and we will add those to the spotify playlist as well
0: very good. So, I knew we were talking before about what we've been working on and 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 what we've been listening to, and we feel that that's kind of where we were kind of mentioning our the same things over and over again. So, we thought we condensed the segment into we've yet to choose a name, but we're thinking of like guitar stuff that we're digging at the moment. So, I'm gonna get the ball rolling with this guy Ruben Juan. Uh, <laughs> uh, you you and you and I have a Facebook Messenger group because. You know whatsapp is we, we never just gravitate towards whatsapp um where we kind of share guitar stuff that we've been appreciating and uh the third member of the group maddie who has been on the show before uh recommended this guy ruben one now i know ruben from his work with pickup jazz the uh, online learning platform which i really really like he's got a few master classes on there and also this dude is huge on social media so he dropped his like you know the first ep that i thought he released a print turns out that he has more um, called one called Chapter One guitar. Uh, it's beautiful. It's fourteen minutes long. It's six songs. Uh, uh nothing clocking over two minute, uh, three minutes. And yeah, I, I I don't know you you don't know him, John. I don't think you you're familiar, but I really no. really like this guy. So he went to music school like a lot of these guys do. Um, he's a big Jeff Beck head. Really likes. You know, he says that Guthrie Govan is his biggest influence and yeah he's just kind of the quintessential modern guitar player for me because he just like he uses a lot of neural dsp plugins he's like a plenty head um but he's able to incorporate these really really nice voicings so i suppose my recommendation for the week is uh his ep uh, chapter 1 guitar i just i i think you'd really like it um he like it just you know his his style is just i i it's it's an ep that i've been trying to listen to more music and I find I will listen to something like, okay, that was good. I'm not going to listen to that again. But his EP is something that I've kept on coming back to. So I think you'd really like it. I think the listeners, if you're into, you want to learn more about modern guitar music. I think this guy is a, you know, if you don't know him, I definitely recommend checking him out. Um, how about yourself, John? Any 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 recommendations from the Yeah, world of so for you?
1: Uh, Matty dropped in the same chat. He dropped, uh, oh hey, listen to this, and it's Moray Pringle. Never heard of him. Uh, this is if get, like the way I would describe it, describe it would be if Guthrie Govan and Brad Paisley had a love child on a distortion pedal like that. <laughs> it's just love it. like It's mental. It's amazing. Um, it's finger picking, but it's just all over the place. The first track I listened to was this eighty twenty, and I was like, "What? What, what is this?" Because I'll be honest, it was when he dropped it. I pulled it up, I was just waking up, and I was like, well, I'll <laughs> give it a listen, to start my day, and went, whoa, okay, I'm awake, like, holy cow, so it's a, it's a bunch of hybrid picking, great melodic, great melodic stuff, uh, and it's just kind of all over the fretboard, so it's uh, gonna do a little bit more of a deep dive into what he does, but this is, this is my first introduction, and that, I tell you what, that first tune just, Blew me away!
0: Fantastic. Could you repeat the name for our, our listeners one more? Yeah.
1: There? So Pringle, Moray Pringle. M O R A Y, and then Pringle, like the potato,
0: the crisp delicious chip, potato depending crisp on... chip snack. <laughs>
1: depending on what side of the atlantic you're on so uh, anyway yeah
0: great cool so yeah th- those are our recommendations for the week uh friends we love doing this we would love to hear uh if you like what we're doing uh you can hit us up at sharpenthatx at gmail.com we are also on the socials uh it shouldn't be hard to find uh, i'm dylan murphy makes music on instagram and john you are Sound guitar is the name of your school if you want yes it doing. is do check us out there so yeah i love i, I love the, inst- the the instagram content you guys are putting out and you're also doing stuff on youtube as well which is uh, you know always good uh, yeah we, we don't re- i suppose if you'd like to hit us up with any recommendations for topics or for guests we have an extensive back catalog of episodes that you can find on spotify with guests including god where to start um uh, <laughs> ariel posen uh, uh john uh, troy grady uh we've had bumblefoot we've had yeah, we've had loads of people. Yeah. Uh, Greg Howe was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah um, Greg Howe was fantastic.
1: Yeah, one, so, one of my favorites, to be honest. So yeah.
0: Um, even though recording it involves me running around a cafe in Cambodia trying to oh trying my to- word, I forgot about that. <laughs> get an yeah. internet connection. And I couldn't
1: I couldn't figure out how to get things like recorded because I just set up a new computer and yeah, it was a disaster. But Greg yes. was absolutely fantastic. Uh, really in depth really thoughtful so yeah. th- honestly like i said that's one of my
0: favorites living legend so friends we'll catch you next time with a mini episode uh until then stay sharp